Welcome to this Martin Bailey Photography Podcast. Hello and welcome to episode 11. Firstly, this week I need to apologise for the inconvenience caused due to the server outage over the last few days that has meant uh, that although my podcast's feed has been live, the audio files have been unavailable. I've been working with the providers to try to get this fixed quickly, but their support's been less than adequate, and it would probably be safe to say uh, unacceptable. Even as I record this episode, the file server's still not available. Uh, If it's not up by the time I finish recording, I'll load the files to the martinbaileyphotography.com domain, and I'll change the feed to point to this instead. I'm also considering changing providers to hopefully avoid this happening in future. So please bear with me uh, while I try to sort these issues out. Last week I took a holiday and hired a car and I've been off to the Tohoku districts of Japan, the northeastern area of Japan that is. This year the beautiful coloured autumn leaves are about two weeks late and are currently moving slowly south across Japan. So many areas of the northeastern Japan are in full colour right now. Due to my main job responsibilities, I've found it difficult to get any time off before now this year, so the lateness of the leaves changing colour this year has probably helped me out a lot. Also, being busy in my day job has stopped me from being able to really plan the trip as much as I would have liked, but at the end of the day, I believe that successful photography trips are the result of not only good planning but also good luck. So today I wanted to talk more about these two things. I have not had time to complete all of the post-processing of the photos that I took uh, during the trip, so I'm not going to talk about all of my experiences. I do just really want to talk about the planning and the luck aspects. And I'll also introduce a couple of the images that I brought back with me to help to explain uh, my point. If I think of anything else that I want to talk about, uh, having completed the post-processing of the remaining shots, I'll follow this up in a future episode. I'll also put a link uh, in the show notes uh, that you'll be able to follow to view all of the shots from the trip if you're interested. Uh, This will include the ones that I've not yet uploaded. So firstly, I decided that I would take about five days off uh, to cover a pretty wide area, so... I had to plan where I would be on which day and ensure that I could get there in a reasonable time and have a good chance of getting the shots that I wanted. The first thing I did was to look at uh, my magazines. Uh, Japan has a lot of photography magazines, uh, a number of which are like seasonal guides that help you to plan where where to go and when. These magazines are all written in Japanese, so I won't go into details of the names, etc., If anybody is interested, drop me a line or post something in the forum and I'll provide the details. Basically, though, the seasonal guides provide information on what areas provide what kind of photographic opportunities at any particular time of the year and also how to get there, things like that. They cover the whole of Japan, too, so it's easy to reference the area that you want to cover. There may well be similar guides in your own countries, too, so... If you don't already reference this kind of uh, magazines or books, it might be worth a trip to the bookstore. One problem that I uh, find with this kind of publication is that you can end up making similar images to everyone else. 
I try to avoid getting the same shots as everyone else by ensuring that I continue to view scenes in my own individual way and try not to mimic the photos in the magazine. Uh, in fact, I often end up going to the same area but visiting spots not mentioned in the magazines as they can sometimes be equally uh, as beautiful as the place that the magazine is trying to introduce to you. This is not really possible, though, if the main point of the trip is something like a famous waterfall. There'd really be no point in visiting a famous place uh, only to photograph the flowers at the edge of the car park. Of course, uh, these could be additional bonus shots from the trip uh, if you have the time to take these sort of things. Anyway, it's, uh, it's up to us as photographers to make the artistic decisions not to just replicate... Uh, shots that others have already made as much as possible anyway once I've figured out some places that I'd like to visit I use the internet to check what the weather is likely to be like and also in this case check the condition of the autumn leaves in that area this kind of backfired on me uh, in the first visit the first place that I visited though to a certain extent as the leaves in the area that I planned to visit on the first day although excellent in some areas, uh, were pretty much already fallen from the trees uh, near the Chuzenji Lake uh, and the Kegon Falls in a place called Nikko, which is in the Tochigi Prefecture in Japan. It's about a three-hour drive uh, north from Tokyo. I had some luck here, though, uh, which I did, I'll get into in a moment. Once I believe that I have a good chance of being in the right place at the right time, I start to book hotels and things. Uh, Again, uh, this is done via the web. Planning in this way can help to hedge your bets and give you a better chance of getting some pleasing shots. Uh, Note that I'm using words such as hedging bets and chance. All types of photography which rely on natural aspects such as weather, seasonal changes, or people, or even yourself being in the right place at the right time, carry a certain amount of risk or chance. For now, I'd got a different hotel booked for each of the four nights I'd be on the road and booked a rental car to get me there. The rest was going to be down to me getting up early enough to catch the early morning light and to look. As I said earlier, uh, the leaves had already fallen in the higher altitude parts of the Nikko area, particularly around the Chuzenji Lake. But there was something else that I wanted to shoot in this area, and that is the Kegon Waterfall. Something to note here is that in my planning I found it difficult just from looking at the map and things like that to find exactly which time of day the falls would be in shade. And so I decided to stay in a hotel near the falls so that I could easily get to the falls on both the day I arrived and early the following morning, doubling my chances of getting the falls in sunlight. On the afternoon I arrived, having taken a steady drive from Tokyo during that morning, I visited the waterfall. It's not easy to see the falls from the road without going along the Irohazaka road that takes you back down the mountain. This is a one-way road and gets very crowded at this time of year, so I didn't really want to do that. Uh, What I did was the best way to view the falls, although the same as the hordes of other people that visited each day, which is to pay $5 for a ticket to ride on the elevator that takes you Uh, 100 metres down the mountain to a man-made platform in front of the falls. As I walked out onto the platform on the first day, I found the falls in shade. I took a number of shots, but none were going to be that interesting, just another shot of the Kegon waterfalls on a dull day. 
I managed to get a number of shots with a blue sky, but the contrast between the falls in the shade uh, and the bright sky meant that the sky would be blown out and just white. To get the sky well exposed, the waterfall would have been so dark it would have been unrecognisable. The trees around the fall also had pretty much lost all of their leaves except for uh, one on the cliff nearby that had some yellow leaves left. Including this shot, this tree in the shot though uh, would have meant that the waterfall would have been too small in the frame and again, another uninteresting shot. I did what I could uh, for that day and left hoping to find something else of interest uh, to shoot nearby. Anyway, I got up the following morning at 6am, having asked at the front desk at the hotel what time the sun would be coming up, and I went for a walk down by the Chuzenji Lake and took a few shots. Uh, but again, nothing wonderful came out of this. The, the sunrise was pretty but uneventful, so I couldn't really uh, get anything worth showing anybody there. So I really just couldn't wait to finish breakfast and head back to the Kegon Waterfall, Hedging my bets by staying in the area definitely paid off, as when I returned to the waterfall shortly before 9am and walked out onto the platform, the view I was confronted with uh, resulted in the first two shots that I want to show you today. The waterfall was in full sunlight, and the mist rising from the pool at the bottom of the falls uh, was producing a beautiful little rainbow. The two shots of the falls included in this podcast are numbers 731 and 732, which, as usual, can be viewed on my website, martinbaileyphotography.com, by entering the numbers uh, one at a time into the field on the top page or my podcast page, which is linked to the toolbar uh, and under the podcast section on the top page. You can also scroll down and find the episode in the list on the podcast page and click the thumbnails to view the photos. Of course, if you're using iTunes, you can just see the photographs right there. So, back to the look element I wanted to talk about here. Of course, a rainbow under these conditions is not that surprising, although I didn't really think of it at all. Still, I felt incredibly lucky. This feeling was confirmed over the next five minutes or so, as the rainbow was moving across the front of the falls as the sun moved across the sky, and was only really visible for a very short time. It moved quickly to the right and then disappeared behind the rocks. I'd given myself a chance to get this shot by being able to visit the falls on both the first day of the trip and the following morning, but it was by sheer luck that I was at the falls to capture the scene with the rainbow uh, that lasted for probably no more than 10 to 20 minutes in total. I'd also like to note here that This week I received some advice from a listener about including the aperture, shutter speeds and ISO settings, etc. when talking about photos. I'll do this when it makes sense to, and will do so today. Uh, But if ever you're interested, and I don't mention this in the podcast, all of the shots on my website taken over the last few years have the shooting data displayed below the image when viewing the image uh, in the large size, having clicked the thumbnail. If the information is not shown, click the information button above the image uh, to display it. This is uh, the black button with an eye for information on it. The first shot, 731, was made with a shutter speed of one-tenth of a second. The second shot, 732, 
was shot with a slightly light, uh, slightly faster shutter speed at uh, one thirteenth of a second. I used an aperture of f22 and ISO of 50 for both shots, as I wanted to get a slow enough shutter speed to give an impression of the water flowing. I thought about dropping on a neutral density filter to allow myself to get an even slower shutter speed, but I didn't think I was going to have enough time to mess around with the neutral density filter as the rainbow was moving across the front of the folds uh, relatively quickly, and I wanted to get enough shots to ensure that I got a winner. What I did do, though, was to drop on a circular polarizing filter from my pocket. A PL filter usually costs you around two stops of light, so the shutter speed dropped from one fiftieth of a second to one tenth of a second, which was enough to give a flowing effect in the water without going over the top. Something to note here, though, is that I had to ensure that the PL filter was positioned so that it did not reduce the colours in the rainbow. A rainbow is basically just light reflecting off the water, which is basically what a polarizer will cut out. So as I turned the filter to check the effect, at some points the rainbow completely disappeared, and I obviously didn't want that. Having checked the shots with the polarizer and without the polarizer, the end results had no difference at all in the colour. So you know it really had just given me the effect that I wanted, which was to achieve a slower shutter speed. I'd like to also mention here that in episode 5 of the Martin Bailey Photography Podcast, I did a review of the Canon EOS 5D digital SLR camera, uh, and I mentioned that I found the landscape picture style uh, setting too gaudy, and would probably not be using it. I need to take this back to a certain extent. Although I do find the landscape picture style loud for brightly coloured objects like flowers, uh, often making the colour look very digital. I found that the landscape picture style brought the images of the autumn leaves uh, to life quite nicely. I will continue to shoot raw with the picture style set to standard mode, as this gives a great base to start from, but I do think that there is a place for the landscape uh, picture style after all. I was actually quite pleased uh, to find this, as for a while there I really couldn't figure out uh, what Canon were thinking about. You might be wondering why I'm bringing this up now, so let me explain. Pleased with the fact that I got a few nice shots of the waterfall, I decided to move on to my next location. I'm not going to talk about the other locations during my trip in this episode, but the thing that I was looking forward to about moving on today was that it was going to take me down the Irohozaka, which I was hoping was going to allow me to see some beautifully coloured autumn leaves. That is, if the website I checked the conditions of the leaves on was not totally wrong about this area too. I had travelled up the other side of this mountain the previous day and was not all that impressed, uh, but the only area that I'd not seen uh, during the trip was this descending road, and if the leaves had fallen on this road too, I really didn't know uh, where the site had gotten their information from. So I was pretty much banking it on this area being good. Anyway, although some of the trees had lost their leaves, the drive down from the Irohazaka Road was uh, pretty spectacular. The third shot on this episode was a scene that I 
closed in on with my 100 to 400 millimeter L lens uh, about halfway down the mountain. This is uh, number 733. I had to stop at the side of the road to get this uh, shot. It was it was quite busy, uh, so I needed to be careful to keep out of the road on you know along on the side of the road. Uh, but usually uh, in these situations you're okay. This shot was made at f11 for one thirteenth of a second uh, with a tripod. The next and last shot for today, number seven three eight, was at the bottom of the mountain. Uh, at the end of the Irohazaka Road, just as it levelled out. It it was handheld at f8, uh, with a shutter speed of 1 25th of a second. Both shots were uh, shot at ISO 100. It was when I got home and took a look at these shots with the picture style uh, set to landscape that I was first able to appreciate uh, the benefits of this particular mode. I spent the next three and a half days travelling around the Tohoku area of Japan and the website that I'd used to check if the autumn leaves were in full colour and not yet fallen had turned out to be pretty accurate for all of the other sites. I should also say that I tend to plan trips in which I do a lot of travelling so that I'm in certain areas uh, during the times of the day when the light is the best, you know, a few hours after dawn and a few hours before dusk. I'll often stop somewhere along the way too, but I find that travelling either after dark or during the hours of the middle of the day, uh, when the light can be quite harsh, allows me to cover a lot of ground without feeling too bad about wasting daylight. Also note that when planning, although weather forecasts are not always accurate at the best of times, Mountainous areas usually create their own weather, so be prepared to have your hopes dashed if you wanted good weather uh, if you're going into mountainous areas. I do feel, though, that good weather will not always enable you to get the best results. One place I had visited called the Naruko Gorge in the Miyagi Prefecture was uh, much more spectacular in the rain and mist on the first day than in full sunshine uh, the following morning. So don't be too disappointed if the weather doesn't uh, turn out quite the way you wanted it to be. It's always a good idea to carry some kind of protection from the rain, uh, such as some waterproof overwear to keep yourself dry and a plastic cover for your camera, or an umbrella to keep your gear dry as well as yourself. The problem with an umbrella, though, is that it's awkward to hold at the same time as shooting. Uh, If you're using a tripod, it makes it a little easier because that's keeping the camera steady for you. So anyway, you you either need a willing helper or to suffer trapping the handle of the umbrella with the side of your face like a telephone. So before going too far off track, if you're interested, uh, keep your eyes open on my website at martinbaileyphotography.com for shots from this location. I guess to summarise the points for today... I think planning using available information such as magazines and the internet is definitely necessary. Uh, If I had more time, I always feel as though I could do a much better job of planning my trips. I'm definitely not uh, an expert at doing this. One thing that I try to do is to ensure that I can visit the same site a number of times. Uh, I travel uh, when the light is harsh uh, to avoid 
feeling bad about uh, wasting daylight. Having gotten to your location, getting up early or going the extra mile to visit a few times will always increase your chances of getting the shot. Then it really is down to luck. This is the main point of today's podcast. Do as much as you can to give yourself as many chances, the best chance that you can, of getting the shot. But at the end of the day, I feel that there's definitely a large element of luck uh, as to whether you get a winner or just a mediocre shot. Like me with the rainbow uh, that I was lucky to encounter at the Kegon waterfall, I wish you all good luck in your shooting too. If you have any planning tips or tricks that you'd like to share, please post them in the forum at martinbaileyphotography.com. Same goes for any questions or other feedback. If you would rather contact me directly about anything, uh, there's a contact form on the podcast page. I look forward to hearing from you uh, in whichever form you decide to make contact. Speak to you again next week. Bye-bye. This has been a Martin Bailey Photography Podcast.